I'd like to say good morning to the class and welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan, operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield branch, excuse me, the Southfield class was established in the year 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the president of the Southfield class, Dr. Edward Yule, the vice president, Dr. Ronald Atkins, and the dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew texts. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part and in in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language had any letters or characters in the alphabet that had produced the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. 
Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit states of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man cannot perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior to the time that he walked through your plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at the school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, excuse me, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticisms, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived 
by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensation of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword, peace, slogan, speaking the truth. At this time, uh, we would like to have a prayer given by Dr. Rhonda Walker and scripture lesson, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, read by Dr. April Lewis. Today, our scripture readers will be Dr. April Lewis and Dr. Shirley Nelson. Dr. Walker. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, let us all bow our hearts and mind. Heavenly Father, we ask today that you open our minds and our hearts to receive the word and the message that you have for us on this beautiful day that you bless us with. Um, just as always, we pray that you continue to speak through each individual that comes up and has anything to say about this great gospel. We thank you in advance for all your mercies, all your loving kindness, you know, just getting us through day-to-day -day life. And it means so much. Help us to remember to not take for granted the little things each day, each moment that we are given an opportunity to learn something of you. Continue to uplift us as individuals and as brethren to be right amongst each other. And most importantly, to be acceptable in your eyesight. And we ask all these things in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Good morning, class. This morning's scripture lesson will be 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And I will be reading out of the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trainer of the Scripture Research Association. That's 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Yahshua died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Kepha, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present day, 
but some are falling asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the assembly of Elohim. But by the grace of Yahweh, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of Yahweh, which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, and so we believed. Now, if the Messiah be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is the Messiah not risen. And if the Messiah be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. But we are found false witnesses of Yahweh because we have testified of Yahweh that he raised up the Messiah, excuse me, whom he raised not up if there is no resurrection. For if the dead rise not, then the Messiah is raised not. And if the Messiah be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in the Messiah are perished. If in this life only we have hope in the Messiah, we are of all men most miserable. But now is the Messiah risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in the Messiah shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, the Messiah, the first fruits, afterward they that are the Messiahs at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of Yahweh, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is excluded, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that Yahweh may be all in all. Else what shall they do which are baptized to take the place of the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they being baptized to replace the dying? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Yahshua, the Messiah, our Savior. I die daily. 
If after the manner of man, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of Elohim. I speak this to your shame. But some will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, that sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain, but Elohim giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed its own body. Excuse me. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of man, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a life-giving spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward that which is spiritual. The first Adam is of the earth, earthy. The second Adam is Yahshua from heaven, as is the earthly. Such are they that are, that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, so shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, 
death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to Yahweh, which giveth us the glory through our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of Yahweh. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in him. That was 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Walker and Dr. Lewis for the prayer and the scripture. We'd like to thank all of our visiting brethren and visitors for joining us today. And we hope that you do enjoy the lecture. For our first speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on. From the Southfield, Michigan branch, the president, Dr. Edward Yule. Dr. Yule. Get on, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I'd like to thank the class for allowing me to have a testimony of the things that I've learned since coming down to the school. And uh, I'm still high from Thursday's class from the things that are taught in simplicity that have so much power. It's just like the gospel has ultimate power because um, in it, it starts out with where Paul is defining the gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah. And I'd just like to take time to, to say that um, since coming into school, um, I did an enormous amount of study and seeking knowledge. I was labeled as a knowledge seeker when I was in college and um, I never knew in comparison since coming to this class in 1986 that all of the things I learned in many institutions and universities and visiting uh, places of higher learning, um, that there was a truth in the world because I was like growing up a kid out of uh, 10 kids my mom had, curious Ed, always asking questions. And um, just to show you old timers, my mom in particular, at one point I would ask so many questions, want to know things. She'd say, ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. That was like um, ancient. So it forced me to start doing my own research. And so all the way back from early age, since I could read, I love to read the Bible. And the thing that I'm getting to is that if it wasn't for this divine vision and revelation that was given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931, he had a vision. And um, when he began to tell people that he had this vision, um, many would not believe him. So he would tell them, make me prove it. So uh, the way that he was able to prove things was he took what's basically in the Bible and put it on charts and the charts like the 40 plate chart, um, many of the other charts, 
it's a result of a divine vision that was given to him and just like this Moses chart uh, where up the right hand corner his name is small because we never pushed or said that he was nothing but the revealer of the mysteries of Yahweh and his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan. No one, no individual man could have come up with the things that we have learned in these charts without the Holy Spirit guiding and moving through him to giving him the precise truth of things that we know since 1931 to the today that we can prove by going to the tabernacle pattern or in the Bible, or even a person's body can be used as a witness for or against them to prove the difference between the truth and a lie. And the thing that I became so happy once coming into this school, um, I had some Trinitarian concepts because of all of the readings, uh, particularly the Roman Catholic Church that stated that um, Yahweh, the, or they use Lord God and Jesus Christ then that they are Trinity. In other words, part of the um, catechism or their doctrine is that you have to believe in the Trinitarian concept to be approved as a law-abiding or rule-abiding Catholic. And we know that Trinity is not correct because Yahweh himself, and what comes to me first to prove that uh, Yahweh is a unity, is that um, you can just get uh, Genesis, um, the first chapter just started at the beginning of Genesis. In other words, and the reason that we are able to read Genesis with an understanding now is that we have this divine vision that Dr. Henry Clifford Kennedy had that it showed what really was going on back in those times. So it showed where Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, he was having a divine vision and a revelation at the time 1490 BBY. In other words, that goes way back. And so when he was in that position of having that vision, he saw things that no other man could see and he saw how Yahweh was spirit and how he came out of that, uh, that spirit, that pure spirit state. Um, in other words, uh, he had nine divine attributes, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. Those nine divine attributes um, just in part moved into this uh, super incorporeal form of himself as Yahweh Elohim. And when Yahweh moved, in other words, it's showing like in a span going from left to right, that he just moved into this uh, superincorporal visionary shape of form known as Elohim, or uh, the archetype, original pattern of the universe. So in, uh, this comes to mind, I just want to say this, is that the uh, Darwinist evolution theories that were forced upon us by an English person, Charles Darwin in 1859, 1879, back in there. And uh, it forced educational systems, that is to say schools throughout 
those that taught read write in english to believe that the creation evolved from one matter and it multiplied and changed into another matter over time and i'm just cutting it up like that and he also say species of men uh, there was some smart and elite and then there was some dumb and he used the term that the dumber ones were the word were, were the ones of color and the smart ones were the ones that were considered Caucasians. And that theory was followed all over the world, basically. And uh, we know it's a lie because Yahweh, uh, he created all things. And I just want to prove that by the scriptures and by the things that I've learned since coming into school that he's not a god up in the sky you know that um you can't see an old white man with a beard and um you say lord and then uh you say god both of those are titles they're not even, don't even describe um a person you know just describe that a title that is something that a person could have you know like a child a man, a boy, all those are just titles. And a God is a title, you know, so, and a Lord is a title. So we know that uh, Yahweh himself gets started with Deuteronomy 6 and, and 1 and read down Deuteronomy 6 and 4. And see, this is the second time that Yahweh, after he took the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, and uh, before they were able to go up to uh, the promised land, Canaan land, um, he re restated through Moses the law. And so when he was traveling, say, well, we want to rededicate the law. Um, that's what basically the book of Deuteronomy is about. Um, just read it, started from one. This is what was mandated. In other words, you couldn't say, well, I don't want to take part in that. And so everybody, the whole, you know, whole tribes, all 12 tribes took part in this. So just start Deuteronomy 6 and 1. That's Deuteronomy 6 and 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments. Now you hold, hold, hold a second now. See, commandments, statutes, and judgments. Those were the things that were in the law. And so this is, um, just start that over again, Shelly. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments, which Yahweh, your Elohim, commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land, whether ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear Yahweh thy Elohim to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son. Now, see, they had, a, they had, a, they had uh, some things that when they were brought out up at that mountain in Exodus 20, 19th and 20th chapter, tell that they had a marriage there with him. And they say, well, Yahweh, through Moses, everything that you say we will do, I will do. That's like when you get married, they, the minister or whoever, uh, ship captain say, you do this or that, say, I do. In other words, whatever they're dictating, you say, I do. And so they did have that marriage in Mount Sinai or at the base of Mount Sinai because Moses was up there in the mountain to say, well, all that Yahweh say we will do. And so he then gave them the Ten Commandments and 600 
um, three ordinances, making a total of 613 things that they had to do. And so he's talking about that now. Say, well, now these are things you already know, but I'm I'm commanding you and and and, and demanding you that you keep these things. Now keep reading where you at. Mm -hmm. That thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as Yahweh Elohim of thy fathers have promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Mm -hmm. Hear, O Israel. Now this Yahweh is this is the, the preamble to the Shema, which is the there's different there's different titles to that Shema, which is the 613 uh, ordinances. Most of them are spelled out in Leviticus, but he's telling them, "Hear, O Israel." Read. Mm -hmm. Hear, O Israel. Yahweh thy Elohim is. Yahweh, a unity. A unity, which unity means one. And so it's, there's not a lot of universes, uh, evolutionary theorists. In other words, there's, they, they've got so much garbage out there that are lies that they can't see the truth. In other words, that Yahweh made all things and he created all things. But this is, again, just read a couple more verses, down, maybe down to seven. This is what was so important to them before they could cross over. And really, Joshua, the son of Nun, or Joshua, or who they call Joshua, the son of Nun, is the one that took them over. And he was that angel. He's had the power to tell uh, the elements, like sun stand still, uh, cause the River Jordan. When he said heap up, it, it moves. So in other words, and even at the um, crossing the Red Sea, um, he was at, in that cloud. In other words, there's so much proof. He was that angel in that cloud, and it says it over there. And, um, uh, that cloud that, that led them was the Messiah, or that rock that led them was the Messiah in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. But just read a few more verses here to set up the foundation of how you just can't deny that Yahweh is a unity. Read. Fifth verse, and thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart. Now, these are the two commandments which Yahweh, uh, when he was in the form of Yahshua the, the Messiah, when they would ask and say, well, what are the two greatest commandments? And he, two or three places in the Bible say, first, love Yahweh, and then love your neighbor. So she's picking it up back here, way back in the law, read. And thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Okay, that's enough of that right there. So he's command, telling them I'm a unity. Then he's commanded them to keep those ordinances um, that were spelled out, you know, so... They did for about 1,400 years. When they sinned, they would bring a sacrifice, but all of that wasn't good enough. There had to be a better sacrifice than bullocks, lambs, all the things that they had to atone their sins. So um, get uh, John, uh, start at John 1 and 1, and uh, then, yeah, start at John 1 and 1. 
That's John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Okay, let's just, which uh, the reader here, she straightened that out last Thursday. We used to think the word, at least many people still think the word is the Bible. So we know the Bible, which is an object with print in it, couldn't be for things. You know, all things that were ever created were created by Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua Messiah, the unity of the spirit, all combined in one. When you see Yahweh in terms of on the chart as pure spirit, uh, he's the same yesterday. He see him as Elohim. He's same there, but just in a different state. In other words, he has two different states that he manifested in once he left the pure spirit state, one that you could see him as Elohim. And that's what they saw as the word, not in the beginning was the word or a book, but this is the word. In the beginning was this word, Elohim, logos in uh, Greek. Uh, in the beginning, um, in the Greek Bible before it was translated into uh, English, in the beginning was logos, in the beginning was the word, read, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. So Elohim was with Yahweh in the pure spirit, so was Joshua. So in the beginning was this word, and it was, it was with Yahweh and it was Yahweh. Read. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. So he was in the beginning right with Yahweh. In mm-hmm. other words, three in one, not a trinity. Okay, read on. All things were made by him. Some things were made by him. All and things. other things evolved through the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> now, we can't buy that lie. You know, but billions of people in, on the earth believe it, right? To this minute. Read. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. You hear that? Drop the 10. Everything was made by him and Nothing, things you can't see, things you can see. Mm-hmm. Everything was made by him. Read. 10th verse. He was in the world. Now, this same one, he just dropped down in his own creation, just like Walt Disney. When he, after he finished Disneyland and the one in California, oh, he walked around and marveled at it. You know, they made pictures. And uh, since that time, there have been hundreds and hundreds of people have come through his edict of Disneyland and you know Disney kids, Disney music, all kind of stuff. But just like Henry Ford built that uh, first car, I think he drove it down Woodward. He didn't let his son or his cousins or none of them drive it. It was his creation. So that's he was in the world, the same one that made the world. Read that once more. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Now, just that's one of the great mysteries that people, uh, you can compare that to um, the, what the world believed in Jesus. In other words, there's so many people are hooked on Jesus. So we know that they can't, they can't, they'll say they believe in him, but they can't see the proof of how he came into the world. And I want you to, I'm just want to digress and go to um, Isaiah 7, 14. 
real fast. Go to Isaiah 7, 14. Yes, you want to read it. Seven, yeah, Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, Yahweh himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay. Now, this is where it was prophesied that a virgin uh, would conceive. And now we know we bring that up to fulfillment. Uh, we can get it in uh, Matthew. Just go right real quick, right to Matthew 1, start at 18 and read down. And see, people don't believe that it's possible for a virgin to conceive. But what, as the scriptures say, um, Yahweh can't lie. Mm -hmm. so if he says something you can take it to the bank in other words everything he he don't change he i'm yahweh i change not i'm not like people who say one thing and mean another but yahweh our creator he can't lie he couldn't lie in all of the states that he existed in in pure spirit visionary shape and form and in the flesh he just could not lie that's one thing you got to get straight, though. He's saying he, over here to Isaiah, uh, behold, a virgin is going to conceive. So that was manifested and fulfilled. And uh, Matthew and Luke both wrote about it. Matthew being an eyewitness, Luke being a protege of either John or um, Peter. In other words, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John John and Matthew were the two disciples, eyewitnesses who traveled and lived with Yahshua. Then Luke and Mark came afterwards. And so they were protégés to Peter and uh, John. Okay, where are, where are yes, we? Uh, Matthew 1 and 18. Yeah. Now the birth of Yahshua the Messiah was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was in spouse to Joseph before they came together, now that, that that means that um, when Joseph and her were promised to each other, and back in uh, ancient Jewish religion, you know, you, um, if a woman had sex with a man and they weren't married, she'd end up being stoned. So um, when they were like engaged. Um, the woman never um, came and said, well, come and live with me. The man had to be the head of the household, so he had to put her away privately. In other words, to where she couldn't be seen during that period that she was pregnant because uh, the people that have seen her, they just stoned her. You know, say, wow, are you pregnant? Ain't Y'all ain't hooked up or married yet? So, um, just start over right there again at 18. Now the birth of Yahshua the Messiah was on this wise. When his mother, Miriam, was in spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now see, this is how, again, that's just fulfilling what Isaiah said, a virgin going to conceive. What? That's impossible. So people have read that, millions of people have read that in all the places in the Bible, and don't believe it. But we know it's true. Read. Then Joseph, her husband, 
being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Mm-hmm. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a dream, saying, mm-hmm. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Miriam thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yahshua, for he shall save his people from their so sins. So this is that, and the unity of the Spirit, he, he, he's going to come forth without having um, the sperm of a man, but he was, uh, that was in him was of the Holy Spirit. Now Luke, uh, first chapter, I think it's around Luke one twenty six. How far are you there? What are you reading, Cheryl? I'm Matthew, um, starting at the 22nd verse. Okay, read the 24. Now all this was done in fulfillment of that which was spoken. Now you see that? That's what was, we're not thousand years before it actually came into fruition. Read. Now all this was done in fulfillment of that which was spoken of Yahweh by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Because he will save his people from their sin. In other words, what Emmanuel means, they're going to say right there, Elohim or God be with them. And um, just to show you this, uh, when... Um, Yahshua went to Nicodemus privately and Nicodemus said, well, we know you are Emmanuel. That's what in some of the uh, Hebrew translations shows that we know you are Emmanuel or Elohim be with you because no man can do these miracles except Emmanuel or Elohim be with them. That's what Nicodemus was telling Yahshua third chapter of John, but at any rate, go back to, to um, you finished 24, 25? Uh, no, I have it. Okay. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of Yahweh had bidden him, and mm-hmm. took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, now you and see he that. called his... Mm-hmm. Not call his name Yahshua. Yes. And in his name, he should be Yahweh's salvation because that's what his name means. Mm-hmm. It's even in um, Nelson's study Bible. I read that a couple of days ago. Now, I want to go to um, 1 Timothy 3.16 and then John 17 and 1. And again, uh, and then 1 John 5 and 7. In other words, well, just to prove the unity of the Spirit, 1 Timothy 3.16, King James Version. You want 1 Timothy or 2 1 Timothy 3.16, King James. Okay, that's 1 Timothy 3, excuse me, and 16. 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of now that. see that's without controversy simply mean it ain't you can't even argue this but people won't accept it because it's the truth they rather believe a lie without controversy read 
and without controversy. Great is the mystery of hope. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. A mystery is something, uh, without getting the definition, is that most people don't know. In other words, you have to be a, of a select to be able to understand this divine teaching that we adhere to uh, three times a week. In other words, it's so many mysteries been revealed to us that you know we're blessed, truly blessed, if you just knew one mystery. But great is this mystery, Reed. Yahweh was manifesting the flesh. He was manifesting the flesh. What? Mm -hmm. People don't want to believe that. Mm -hmm. How was he manifesting flesh? He just read about it. he was took on the shape and form in a womb as a Holy Spirit, <laughs> lived 33 years as a man. In other words, great is this mystery. Mm -hmm. The same Yahweh, read. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh, mm -hmm. justified in the spirit. Justified in the spirit. In other mm -hmm. words, justification. In other words, you just can't deny it. When you justice, justify. Mm -hmm. justified in the spirit read seen of angels preached he, unto the gentiles he's seen of angels because he left that first estate with the angels when, when uh, they kicked michael and it, i mean michael and his angel kicked old satan out of heaven but you know he has the power to be everywhere all at the same time because everything was created by him and for him but in this fleshly position he had a mission to do, which that's what I want to get to, and and uh, I'll be down. But uh, I just get these other scriptures to prove he's a unity, not a trinity. And this is one of them. John seventeen one through three is another one. First John is another one. Ephesians four and three. These are just the ones. Zechariah fourteen nine. Colossians two and nine. We'll just read any of those that I had called off before uh, John 17, 1. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given now him. Now you hear this, this one, Yahshua, is saying a prayer to himself, but he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's right before he was going to take off the flesh and be crucified and raised again the third day, according to the scripture that we read in the scripture lesson, that that Paul gives a definition of what uh, the gospel is, is his death, burial, resurrection. But read a little bit more there. And this is life eternal. Mm -hmm. but they that they might know thee, the only true Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou have sent. Go, go to the name ch chart. Um, and he's declaring the unity. Say, just read that, that, that last sentence one more time. And this is life eternal. This is life eternal. That they might know thee. The that they only... know thee, Father, mm. Yahweh, who is the only true Elohim? Only true Elohim. And Yahshua the Messiah. And he's Yahshua the Messiah. That's right. 
In other words, this is the unity of spirit. He's Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, Messiah. These three are one, a unity, not a trinity. And Yahweh calls everything to exist, moving from pure spirit, like we have down here, everything. Any kind of what, and the thing about, I didn't get it in Genesis, everything he created, he didn't create an amoeba that turned into a gorilla. He created a full grown gorilla, an elephant from amoeba out of the sea and turned into an elephant. In other words, all those things he did, when he said, let it be, he put on the fourth day in the fifth, he put the sun and the lights of the stars in heaven on the fifth day, uh, animals in the sea. In other words, all those things were full grown. They didn't have to go from nothing, evolve from nothing into something. Like evolution, as I'm talking about, millions of people believe in that lie. And we That's know right. the truth is that Yahweh, being pure spirit, moved into this superincorporal form as Yahweh Elohim. He gave everybody that wrote something in the Bible what to say, how to say it, when to say it. In other words, holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, which got in them when he was finished with them, moved on to the next one. So law and the prophets, all written by Yahweh Elohim in the super incorporal form, given from Moses all the way over to John and the prophets. In other words, that's written and spelled out. And we know that to be true. And so just go now to uh, prove this a few more times. Get a Zechariah 14, 9. Zechariah 14 and 9. And Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. He's king over the whole world, earth, and the thing outside of the earth and atmosphere. That's right. And the things that we can't see, mm -hmm. like black holes and all those things, black because they haven't, don't have the power to see beyond that, but still all of that Yahweh made, everything seen mm -hmm. and unseen. Mm -hmm. Read. And Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. And then that day, Yahweh will prove. Prove to not flip, bipping, and popping. He's going right. to stay straight, line on line, precept on precept. Get Ephesians 4 3. That's Ephesians start 4 at 1. 3. Start at 1. 4 Ephesians 4 and 1. 1. There, I therefore, the prisoner of Elohim, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation. See, once you come into school, you got a new vocation. Mm -hmm. In other words, you got to come to class, you got to study, study to show thyself approved, mm -hmm. and be diligent and seeking Yahweh all that you can with all the breath and life that you have. That's There's right. nothing outside of Him that can give you life. So you want to hold on to Him in you. Read that again. If I, therefore, the prisoner of Elohim beseech you that ye walk worthy in the vocation wherewith ye are called. So you're called to be down here. That's Lord, right. You didn't pick this out on your own. Yahweh just drug you from wherever you was. I know it did with me. That's right. And so he just chose us and give us this blessing. Read. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing mm. one another in love. And, they, and what? Forbear one another in what? In love. Mm -hmm. okay. And what else? And keeping what? 
with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the keeping us in the unity of the spirit. That's in the right. Don't get out of sight of this. Get uh, Colossians 2 and 9. I'll be finished. Mm -hmm. That's Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the of the Godhead bodily, King of James Version. Of supernal nature. In other supernal words, nature. Yeah, he's a fullness, not half full, three quarters, but 100%. That's right. 100%. Read. And ye are complete in him. You complete, like complete is like when you fill a glass up and it started running over, you filled it 100%. So you complete right. in him. Mm-hmm. Read. Which is the head of all principalities. He's the head of all, all things, all principalities. He's and the head. power. And powers. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Without hand, cutting away that carnal mind and those evil thoughts that we had that we couldn't help ourselves with. And we ought to be gloriously glad that he chose us and brought us out of that ignorance. We would be like just like them out there now, believing in lies and just eating it up. It's pitiful to see the, the world going down in chaos and darkness, but it was all purposed by Yahweh. And um, is it any more of that? Mm -hmm. In yep. whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made with our hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of the Messiah. Buried with him by baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of Yahweh, who have raised him from the dead. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. Oh, no one, he's the only one that was born of a virgin, mm -hmm. died, buried, resurrected, third day, and he just had the power to say, Take this life, I'll just pick it up again. No one mm. else could do that. That's so, right. I'm so glad to be a part of this teaching, and I thank you for the time given me today. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Yule, for that beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. Dewan Nelson. Dr. Nelson. Uh, good afternoon, class. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I was trying to switch this mic. Uh, but nevertheless, good afternoon. It's a great pleasure and an honor to, to once again sit under this great divine vision that Yahweh has given uh, to his son in the year 1931. And then also gave us of his, his spirit for that divine revelation or understanding as Joshua is teaching us, as it states over in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is the teacher and that he brings all things to your remembrance whatsoever that he told you. And I am so uh, thankful to be called into that fold of understanding something about my heavenly father as he really is and actually exists as the previous vessel did an excellent job of going through the Godhead or the unity of the spirit and also Yahshua's purpose or Yahweh's purpose 
And as he had eloquently stated that um, there was a lot of distractions and a lot of different ways and paths that, you know, you could have gone in the world. But Yahweh saw fit to call his son to pluck us out of the rest of the world while they are groping in that darkness. And I think today's time that we are living in, as the previous speaker also mentioned too, some of the just things that, you know, um, my mother and I was talking yesterday and she said, uh, you know, sometimes you hear these things of the world and it makes you solemn, you know. But as we all come to know, that this is Yahweh's purpose these are the things that he had caused uh, to be. And we have ca been called down here to sit, to understand something about his purpose and his plan. Previously, we talked about things that we didn't know prior to coming into this gospel. We didn't know Yahweh had a purpose and a plan. And depending on your walk of life or where you came from, you might've been swept up in any kind of doctrine from the Christianity, the Baptist and the different divisions in Christianity, the Muslim, to serving yourself, but there was just all different ways that we could have gone as a saying that there's many ways unto death, but one way into life, see? And so there were a lot of different ways into destruction that we had. And most of us <laughs> were ignorant to the fact that we were on a path of destruction, you know? But it wasn't until coming down to the school, the center of this gospel, Yahweh illuminating us, well, we started to understand that the ways that we had were not sufficient, that they weren't Yahweh's ways. And he talks about that. And we get over there, um, um, over there and talks about my ways are not your ways. And I am, uh, I won't be up here long. I want to just kind of maybe try to pick up on the train of thoughts. He was talking about the guy here and he was also talking about uh, Yahweh's purpose. And see what Yahweh came to do when he started this story. We always use these metaphors and I liken it to a story that Yahweh had started. He began uh, his purpose um, in a specific way. And the ending was already declared from the beginning. So go ahead and read that, uh, that scripture over there. And I apologize for not knowing it. Mm -hmm. I'll pick it up. That's Isaiah 55 and 6. Mm -hmm. Seek ye Yahweh while he may be found. Mm -hmm. Are ye upon him while he is near? Now this is this is so uh, timely. Seek ye Yahweh while he might be found. See, and we talk about this all the time. See, this is the time now to get an understanding, to get some wisdom. See, the the previous speaker talked about uh, uh, studying the scriptures and showing that you know uh, uh, showing that self approval. See, this should be where this should be the only thing that we are. Uh, you know, that is on our heart and our minds at this particular time. Yeah, I understand it's the world going on, right? You have to, we live in this world where these physical bodies, we got things that's going on from a physical standpoint. And I was, as I was telling my mother, sometimes it seems like it's so distracting. It makes Paul's word echoes. It makes it real um, up to date, and real personal about you know warring with the flesh and the things that you say that you wouldn't do, that's the things that you do. And the things that you say that uh, you know uh, that you do, those are the things that you don't do. And see, but these are the things that we are that have been put before us now that we see, you know, in panoramic, clear, crystal HD of where we're at right now. 
scene. And it talks about um, over there, and I'm just going to quote it, where it talks about, um, you know, a man wouldn't suffer his house to be uh, broken in. I know I'm chopping that up. Uh, uh, the watchman wouldn't suffer his house to be broken into, see, uh, meaning that if you saw the threat of imminent danger looming, you know, uh, what would you do? You know, talked about people say, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm right now in this situation where I, I, I want to lose this weight, you know, for health reasons. All these different things are happening. I'm getting older and your body just doesn't bounce back like it used to. So you're seeing all these things transpiring. These are signs. These are things that your body is telling you, hey, you might not want to eat, you know, sausages and bacon. You might just want to, you know, scale that down. Hey, you know, you might you might want to get some exercise. Your body will tell you. I was laid witness right in, inside ourselves, right inside our own bodies. See, but he is giving us witnesses out here that saying, hey, these are the things that I told you that will come to pass. They are coming to pass in living color and they're right in front of your face. Now, what do you do? Do you seek Yahweh or do you do, do you lean out on the wisdom of man? I'm gonna I'm gonna work it through. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna continue to work on this PhD. That'll be the center of my life, and you know continue to work on to try to get this family together. That'll be the center of my life. But see, when we come to find out and realize is that making Yahshua the Messiah your life, because He talks about your life is not your own. Paul talks about my life is here in the Messiah. So these are these are context clues, if you will, of stating the state of mind and condition that you must be in. An understanding that you must be in uh, to uh, to be, uh, you know, say a son of Elohim. See, you have to come to the realization that we are here to serve our Elohim. See, that's what we're here to. And listen, as the doxology says, see, you know, saying this is all the honor belongs to him. All the glory belongs to him because he did something that no one else could do for you. And that was to save your life. See, save your soul. That's what he did. So all honor the the impossible, the impossible feat that nothing could do. No one could do. Nothing in your life could do it. Your mother, your father, your grandmother, living the right life, helping old people, uh, donating your funds. None of that was going to save your soul. The Yahshua the Messiah did the only thing that could. See, go ahead and finish where you're at. Okay, seek ye Yahweh while he may be found. Uh -huh. call, call ye upon him while he is near. <clears throat> Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto Yahweh and he will have mercy upon him. See that the wicked, see that let the wicked do away with that. And the unrighteous mm -hmm. man do away with it. We talk about the repentance and see, give it all to Yahweh. Sometimes at, at some point in time, all of us come to the realization that you have to let it go, everything. You see what I'm saying? It's one of the hardest things. Yahweh, he said, now, he said, now take my, my yoke upon you. He said, my burden is light. See, now we make these things that, you know, I, I, and I'm just talking about me first. You know what I'm saying? Oh, how, can I, how can I do this and then do this? Or how can I be this and, and be this? You can't. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. We are saying you have to be what is more important, this is the thing that Yahweh is asking me, see, to go on to, unto righteousness, you know, glorified in the new earth state uh, with, our, with my creator for eternal peace. You know, we scratch and, scratch and, and, and fight for just a little, 
little piece. People get your kids is gone over over the cousin's house or something for me. He said, ah, put my feet up or you know what I'm saying, or whatever was ailing you, the bill that was it gives you a just, just a little piece, see, but that piece is very temporary. We're talking about eternal peace, and they don't even compare, see. Joy, eternal joy, happiness, love, and righteousness in the Messiah. These are the things that what I wish more important, see, to try to obtain these, these things, these physical things. But Yahweh is moving. I am so happy that Yahweh is moving us. And I got to speak for myself. Yahweh is moving me further and further away. He's causing us to use the common sense that he gave us. It's causing, you know, and for me for a long time, it was a very a hard struggle to use to use the common sense that Yahweh gave. You see what I'm saying? But he didn't he didn't leave us in the dark. His children was of the light, right? He said he gave um they were down there in Egypt and uh and Gosham, they had lights. His son, he's always provided, went out to the wilderness. See, that that tabernacle, that sanctuary had to be. In, in light at all times, whether it was from that seven branch candlestick or whether it was from the sun in the sky, that 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 tabernacle has to had to be be lit all the time, which is, which is that was a physical representation. He said, he said, what don't you know that your body is not the temple of the Holy Spirit or the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit has to be light in there at all times when y'all comes in to flush out that negative spirit and those thoughts or, or that negative influence and those thoughts and those imaginations and your opinions and he comes to flush it out flush out them those dark those those parts uh those the ways that had no part in yahweh's kingdom flushing them out and filling them with light in your tabernacle so it's understanding we know that light is synonymous to understanding or having some wisdom and yet in our physical lives it's hard or a struggle to use or to activate, make it an actionable thing, not just words. That's the point that Yahweh is bringing me. And I know that's what he's doing to all of us, making it actionable when we are manifesting what's in us. That, you know, saying you can't, you know, we're in this flesh. So there's going to be pain, there's going to be struggle, you're going to bump your head, there's going to be grief. But see, Yahweh has made a promise to his son. And when we, one thing that we have come to find out that he is not slack in concerning his word. The previous speaker said he cannot lie. See, he ain't talking about you and I. He's talking about Yahweh. He's talking about that spirit. It cannot lie. See, and so now that's in us. And so we have something to look forward to. That was a promise, a real promise. And we've seen these things come to pass. If you don't, listen. If you don't believe that Yahweh is Yahweh at this particular time, I don't know what's going to convince you because everything that everything that he has said has come to pass, both in the world and in your life has come to pass. But go ahead and read. I'll try not to interrupt you. I'll read. I'm sorry. Isaiah 55 and 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts and let him return unto Yahweh and he will have mercy upon him. And to our Elohim, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. See, now, my... I'm sorry, I did say I wasn't going to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. No problem. But see, now Yahweh, he said, now listen, my, he's going into the house in my way. So there's some things sometimes you get down on yourself, and that's what that satanic spirit of hell you do said. He can't save you, done. You're through. 
go back and read just that uh the scripture right before you uh the verse right before you got to uh my thoughts i'm sorry i want to say it right mm -hmm. um isaiah 55 and 7 uh, uh -huh. let the wicked forsake his way uh -huh. and the righteous man his thoughts and let him return unto yahweh and he will have mercy upon him i see that let him return unto yahweh and he will mm -hmm. now he might that's right. Now, it's, you know what I'm saying? Now, he will have mercy. You're not no, you're not no lost cause. Yahweh's raised, raised men from the dead. We've seen it. Yes. Physically, spiritually. You're not a lost cause. That's right. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Hold your head up. He will. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that they that that he's continuously telling us. Like, if you keep in memory, mm -hmm. if you believe on the things that I've said, though that is the laborless part of it. It is no labor and believing in Yahweh. Mm -hmm. See, you see what I'm saying? There's no, there's no, listen, from a physical standpoint, every single other, every other Friday, I get paid. I get my check. Now, while it is highly insufficient, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have faith in that. I don't bip, I don't bop about it. Sometimes I don't even look at my bank account until uh, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. It makes no sense anyway, because as soon as it gets there, it's all getting took out by bills. So, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm telling my mother, sometimes I hate getting paid <laughs> because it's the saddest thing. Because all that money goes right, right to where, where it's supposed to be paid. See? But I have faith in that. You see what I'm saying? I have faith in that. When you, weigh down, when you lay down and you get up in the morning, we know that to wake up in the morning is a blessing. Every single day, we thank Yashu for waking us up. But no one goes to sleep thinking, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You have faith in that because you wake up every single day of your life. You have woke up the next day. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yahweh willing that you continue to wake up every single day. That's what you have faith in. See, it don't take effort to do that. Is it laborious to have faith in that? Do you toil over having faith and waking up every single day. No. No, you do not. So it's a laborless thing to believe on Yahweh, especially when he has given us evidence in abundance. Mm -hmm. right. He's continually shown us who he is. Mm -hmm. He's continually proved himself who he is. So, you know, it's like that that man, that um, that that good man, you know, that that people say is so elusive, or that good mate, the woman who say that people say is so elusive, they come in, they show you, you know, I'm not like what you had in your life. You might have been ran down by this one and that one, or whatever case it be. I continuously show you. See, but even in that man, because he's physical, or that woman, because she's physical, there's going to be flaws. Yahweh gives us an abundant, unadulterated experience of I love you. Yes. And I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to save you if you uh -huh. trust me. And see, that's what he says. So let that, let that man of that, uh, that recompense of mine, let him repent. Let that man, you know, with his wicked ways, let him repent and come to me and I will forgive you. Go ahead, April. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh verse. Let the wicked mm -hmm. forsake his way and the mm -hmm. unrighteous man his thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let him return unto Yahweh and he will have mercy upon him. That's right. And to our Elohim, for he will abundantly pardon. Mm. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my 
I'm sorry, neither are your ways my ways. See, the yeah. man, the man, the man's gonna say, the man's gonna say, you can't do it. You you can't, he said abundantly. Did you hear the word? I will abundantly pardon, I will abundantly forgive. See? So because my ways and my thoughts are they're not like yours. I don't think the way the man does. Man, we writing people off. Mm. Oh, you did me wrong, you did me dirty. I'm never gonna talk to you, I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> I'm or the new the new way is the, the 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 kids. I blocked you. I blocked you on my. You can't social media. You can't ping me. You can't look at my stories. I'm blocking you. We. I'm erasing your memory. See, <laughs> Yahweh said I would abundantly forgive. See, all right. So for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Read. Neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. Mm -hmm. For as the highest, I'm sorry. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. Mm -hmm. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It see? shall not return unto me void. See, he plants that seed. Mm -hmm. He's going to plant that, that, that spirit in you and it's going to have, this is what I was talking about, the manifestation. It's going to bring forth life, life right. abundantly, see, in you, in us, in me. Mm -hmm. Bringing forth life abundantly. It won't return void. It's not putting a seed in the ground. Nothing happens and it's dead. It won't return void. It will come and bring you fruit, life-bearing fruit. And that fruit is the is the true food of the Messiah, as He's given us substance. He's given us a way to sustain and to withstand this world by the things that He puts in us. Ain't that something? I got a chance to talk to a friend of mine who broke broke off into the herbalistics and the holistic, and we know some of the brethren in class actually got off into uh, you know into that. And, uh, you know, on my wellness journey, I sound like I've been educated or something, <laughs> or trying to find a way to make myself, uh, you know, say healthier, uh, you know, more healthier and stuff that I put in my body. You learn that the, the, the things that this body is designed to do is nothing more than a testament of Yahweh. The way he put this, the way he put this body together, the way he put this physical body, Dr. Andre Hamilton used to going love going through the uh, going through the body and i learned a lot through that vessel as he would go uh you know saying through uh painstakingly details about that body but in talking to a friend of mine he was talking about this body and the way that it's set up um it doesn't create diseases it doesn't create um um illness but it's truly the stuff that we put in our bodies that creates the diseases that creates the illnesses from the colds, the things, from the, the cancers to the, uh, all of that. It's because of what we ingest. And if you think about it, Yahweh's tabernacle was made perfect. You see what I'm saying? Yahweh's tabernacle, there was no, remember the, the, uh, the, the high priest, he could not err in that pattern, officiating through that pattern. It had to be flawless. And it was through the Holy Spirit that gave him the increase, was able to officiate through that pattern without any, uh, without any, uh, errors or without any mistakes, uh, because if there was a mistake, Yahweh would kill and drop him dead in that tabernacle. See, and so now you have a physical body, 
um, that Yahweh's made perfect, the fashion perfect, the way that it operates, it's fashion perfect. But again, just like spiritually, it's the things that we put in us that defiles us. So it's the things that we are inhaling, ingesting, whether it be in form of food, uh, you know what I'm saying, whether it be in chemicals or whatever, that we are ingesting that creates the cancers, that creates the illnesses, that creates the sicknesses. But the body has these defense mechanisms that tries to warn off and fight these things, right? And so we have a, a, a savior, we have a fighter, Yahshua the Messiah, who's our true, uh, you know, saying who's the true uh, uh, protection or the true salvation that is protecting us and fighting for us. See, pushing those uh, those thoughts. How many times have you had this thought pass your mind? And as soon as the thought passes your mind, you say, Yahshua, take that from me. Take that, I'm, that you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, that, take that from me, Yashua. Soon as it, soon as it enters, soon as you see yourself in error. But see, that is that is our savior that has that is saving you. Just like when that foreign entity enters your body, it forms and rushes that foreign entity to attack it immediately, see? But Yashua the Messiah, that's instantaneous, see? You don't have to worry about dwelling on it. Now, are you going to be, we talked about the... Uh, the satanic spirits and the influence or, uh, you know, uh, they be right there, Satan be right there in your ear, uh, having, you know, trying to put past thoughts through your head. With those things are, are going to be as long as we're in those flesh, but we are inoculated at this time. They talk about the vaccine out the world. We have taken the vaccine of righteousness. So we have something to war off that. We don't have to succumb and to be taken over from that, see, uh, from those uh, satanic spirit and those influence that uh, tries to woo you or seduce you and persuade you. But Yahshua is truly fighting uh, your battle. So even when you're exposed to doctrines that are insufficient and not of Yahweh or a manifestation of that satanic mystery. The Yahshua, that inoculation or that vaccination in you is there to fight and to warn off. That's not right. Why? Because I'm giving you witnesses or antibodies that are going to attack. You see, you can't, we put it everything by this pattern. We talk about it in the, in the uh, moderation that how everything goes by this pattern. Everything, whether you know it or don't know it. Everything goes by that pattern. And so Yahweh has instilled that through his Holy Spirit, Yahshua the Messiah in us, fighting off of all of those plagues and diseases and, and all those things that look to destroy the man from a spiritual standpoint. Yahshua is truly our real inoculation and, and, and vaccination. See, yes. now the whole, whole world is torn over whether to take the vaccination. See, who made the vaccination? Not the man. See, and I'm not, this is not no political speech to get people to say you need to take the vaccination. But when we think about things and we dr drill it down, the spirit is the reality. So if you can see it in the spirit, how it makes sense when the guy was talking to me, holistic, holistic guy about the stuff. It was, you know, he was, he kept constantly saying, I don't want to be a, a snake oil salesman or whatever, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to ask for some money. But the things that he said, I see the bell, the things that he said, uh, you know, saying, made sense to me because I understood them from a spiritual standpoint. Mm. I just see that's what I'm saying. So now we have a measuring rod, whether it's something physical, whether it's something spiritual, we measure everything by that measuring rod. And that's what we have walking in, talking and breathing in us, causing to have us, give us life. That's that Holy Spirit giving us those, uh, 
given us that understanding or that ability to say that's not of Yahshua or that's not that's not good for me. Yahshua, help me see the truth in that or the reality in that. And because he is who he says he is, a just heir, he will show you the right way. You don't ever have to worry about being um, ignorant about anything. Yahshua the Messiah is light. He is the illumination. He is wisdom. And so we possess these things uh, by having that, um, partaking of that Holy Spirit. So you never have to worry about being ignorant. And when you don't know something, all you have to do is ask Joshua. He will reveal it to you. My children, he's not, his children's not walking around blindfolded. I watched this uh, series on um, Apple TV called C and the condition of the world where the majority of the world is blind. It's a post-apocalyptic one of those movies. And everybody is blind. I thought, this is so timely right now. The whole world is blind, but there's a few that are that can see. And the blind are persecuting the few that can see as witchery because the because it was the people who saw that destroyed the world back, you know, back when. So there's they're persecuting the people that can see. They seek them out to destroy them, to kill them. Now while the whole world lies in, in, in darkness and filling around this world, but Yahshua has caused us to be sit up with our father. In illuminated places, you don't have to. You don't have to uh, wallow in the mires and 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 in the in the, the doldrums of darkness and despair. See, yeah, we might get down, but Yahshua is the resurrection, so He's always bringing us back up. And I'm just so thankful. I wanted to go into the purpose of Yahweh, and uh, you know, I said it always gets into uh, you know, saying my own way, and so. I do know this, that I am so eternally happy that I get a chance to sit, take my seat and listen to this great gospel. And I, that Yahweh has given us voices and to be able to, uh, to be able to give praise to his, uh, to his, uh, his uh, son, which is dwelling right within us, Yahshua the Messiah. All praises and all honor going to Yahshua the Messiah if you heard anything. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Dr. Nelson, for that beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, it's with the honor and pleasure to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Carl Leatherberry. Dr. Leatherberry. Hi, everybody doing? Can y'all hear me good? Yes. Okay, I'm not going to speak uh, too much. I, I do want to say um, praise Joshua. Praise Joshua. I want the class to know <clears throat> that I really, really thank you for your support that y'all are giving me um, through Joshua. And <clears throat> I want y'all to know that I'm going to keep Joshua first in my life. That's what I've been doing. I've been, I've been trying to focus, trying to maintain, you know, my train of thought and my love and my faith in Joshua. And I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna keep asking him to help me, to help me continue to fight this fight. I have been taking a lot of abuse from a lot of people that don't understand Yahshua, you know, and I understand what Dr. Kennedy was saying. You ain't, you, 
the persecution starts when you get in this class and learn this gospel. And yes, it does. These people around me, they, they act like they understand and they act like they feel me, but they don't. I can't really say, I, the only reason why I can say they don't is because it's inside of me. What's inside of me is hard to explain. I'm missing a lot right now out of my life and I feel like it's gone out of me. I feel like things are taken out of me that I had no control over. And it's things like that that make me appreciate Yashua. It makes me understand Yashua. But he's, you know, how to say Yashua, you know, show me what you mean by this. It, it shows me how to talk with Yashua, you know, to listen to what he's saying to me through this world through everything that possibly comes in my way. I can, I understand Joshua in it. And that's all I have is Joshua. That's it, you know? And um, my faith will stay strong. I, I want all the brethren to know that I do love all my brothers. Yes, I do in Joshua. We are one body, I know that, one spirit. And I'm praying that Yahshua will pray to the Father for me, for me to become with that one spirit with him so that I can join all of those sons of Yahshua. Yes, that's what I want to do. It's going to take some time and it hurt. It hurt so bad. But Yahshua is my strength. He is my rock and he is my salvation. Praise Joshua and thank you. Thank you, Dr. Leatherberry. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil. Let me compose myself. I appreciate so much to hear from my brother. We love you. Yashua loves you. And he will keep you. Just like the previous speaker was saying, he will. <laughs> Talk about. I'm so glad you have, well, you had that chart. It's on the side. I want you to click on it. The Aya Asha Aya chart for me. And I just want to talk about a little bit what was brought out about the name. And what was brought out about um, the unity of the spirit. It's very, very beautiful. And as that dissertation was given to us on Thursday about how this is a great mystery. And it says that in the scriptures, great is the mystery of righteousness. And can you get that? And it's in uh, Timothy, um, in the King James Version, because your holy name Bible does not read this way. 
And that's because much of the world does not understand this mystery. A.B. Trainer, who was an Italian Jew who composed, was part of the Scripture Research Association that composed that Holy Name Bible. This is one of the problems that the Hebrew nation has. They did not believe that Yahweh would personify in physical form. They didn't believe that. And that's one of the things that the Messiah, when he declared such a thing, offended them about. And if you recall, and I'm not gonna get the various scriptures that indicate this, but I know it's one in um, the um, 10th chapter of John, when he talks about he and his father are one and they picked up stones to stone him. Because mm -hmm. you being a man, they said, make yourself equal to Elohim. They understood what he was saying to him. It wasn't that he was saying that he was figuratively in accord with his father. No, he was saying he and his father were one of the same. That's right. That's how they were going to stone him. And that was an offense because they believed. And that's why Yahshua said to them in John 14 chapter, if you believe in Yahweh, that's what they believed in an invisible creator. They didn't believe that creator could personify a physical form. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. That's why he's telling them that. So they are still waiting for the Messiah to come. And that's why A.B. Trena couldn't write that. And since I'm making this point, uh, the other scripture reader, whoever has them in King James, the other one, read it in Holy Name Bible so we can see the difference. Mm. Um, the start with the King James correct version. That's King James uh, version, 1 Timothy 3 and 16. Mm -hmm. And without controversy, Right. Great is the mystery of godliness. Mm -hmm. God was manifest in the flesh, mm -hmm. justified in the spirit, right. seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Now, A.B. Trainer, he's returning the names to that text of the King James Version. But in some areas, because he couldn't accept what was said, he changes things. Like he changes things in the Bible about over there in Matthew 5, 17, where Yahshua said, think not I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to fulfill. A.B. Trainer inserts institute in there mm -hmm. or establish, which is not what the Messiah said. He, he, he introduces his own concept of the thing another thing because that was the problem that was the problem with um the jews at that time as well they didn't want or they didn't go along with the law of moses being concluded and moved out the way they didn't go along with that that's the very thing that paul was going around knocking the believers in the head about because they preached the end of the Mosaic law. Well, that's illegal under the Jewish tradition. So that's what he was, he was out doing. And these things have 
continue to confound the world without controversy. There is no argument or debate about this. That's right. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Seen or justified in the spirit. That's a very important point. He wasn't justified in the physical works. He was justified in the, in the spirit. Right. Seen of angels, believed on in the world, preached unto the Gentiles. You understand? Now, read the A.B. Trainer Holy Name Bible version. Mm-hmm. This is 1 Timothy 3 and 16, Holy Name version. And beyond controversy, deep is the mystery of holiness. He who was manifested in human form had his claim attested by the spirit, was seen of angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and was received up in glory, into glory, excuse me. Now he don't even use the name because he doesn't want to attach that Yahweh is the one that was manifesting in the human form. He won't say that. But that is one of the most profound mysteries of Yahweh that he revealed to us through this vision and had to come down and explain to us. And I um, reflect on how magnificent that mystery is. Now, this Aya Asha Aya chart is a threefold chart. You have at the top of this chart the name of Yahweh Elohim Yahshua in the Hebrew and English forms, explaining how that was conflated in your Holy Bible, substituting Yahweh for Lord, Elohim for God, and Yahshua for Jesus Christ. And the last time I was on the floor, I was talking about the transcript lecture of Dr. Kenley Hebrews, explanation of Hebrews 1 and 1, which you can find online on the wiki page of Pattern of Everything, where it has the Kenley manuscripts. Explanation of Hebrews 1 and 1 is on there. And yeah, and Dr. Kenley revealed about how in your King James Version, he expressed it this way. You will never get straightened out using that King James Version. Because where Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua is depicted, these names are a description of his supernal nature. There's only one name. I correct. I, I um, want to go back and correct that. It's one name. But that name depicts his supernal nature or his movement from pure spirit through incorporalization into physical form. And he described this name to Moses at the burning bush with the phrase, Mm -hmm. I will be what I will to be, or in Hebrew, Ayah, Asher, Ayah. Mm -hmm. Because Yahweh's name means one who exists or one who gives life or existence itself. One who is. Yah conjugates the verb to be in Hebrew. So that I, Yah, I will be what I will to be. And what I want to talk about a little bit is Asher. And this is a research organization. I had a colleague of mine ask me, Rhonda, does your organization go into the Book of Mormon? 
I was like, you know what? Uh, I know what the Book of Mormon is. I've seen the Book of Mormon in bookstores. I may even have a copy of the Book of Mormon, but I don't know what the tenets of the Book of Mormon is. And since you asked me that, I'm curious and I will look that up. This is a research organization. We don't take nobody's word for it. We go in and look that up and see what that is. You understand? We had a, a person who was nearly a president that was part of the Latter-day Saints. What do they believe? It is very important that all of us become familiar with what the beliefs of Islam is and, and understand where people call themselves coming from. Because this doesn't want to be uh, the ruler of some nation. No, this wants to be the ruler of the world mm -hmm. as is always manifested through that ignorance of beast, man, and steed, sin. Just right. like the Roman Catholic Church wants to rule the world. We talk about world domination. Yahweh explained that to Dr. Kenley. He wrote it in the book, the fourth volume. Mm -hmm. Talk about how that mystery of iniquity operates. So here Yahweh said, Aya, Asher, Aya. And I want to, to pay particularly close attention to the fact that when he introduced himself to Moses at that burning bush, just recorded Exodus third chapter, and he's commissioning Moses to go back down into the land of Egypt with that name and with that description that Yahweh is declaring himself to be the only true God that there is in the world. And that is what the entire event of Egypt was about. And that's why when Moses came down with that name, as is reflected, I believe it is in Exodus, the fifth chapter, Pharaoh responded, I don't notice Yahweh. Who is Yahweh? And he knew all the other gods in the world because those that were in bondage to him had brought all their deities down there. Mm -hmm. And Egypt knew of all these deities and all of them had names. But Pharaoh had never heard in the world at that time had never heard of this Yahweh. So when Yahweh delivered that name to Moses, he delivered this very important inscription or description, Aya Asher Aya. Now I was saying this is a research organization and what I uh, encourage you to do is to look that up. That word, you know, we see Aya Asher on there. Aya is to be in the front and the back of that phrase but asher would be what okay asher denotes the what well i um had heard of the research about that word asher and going back into strong's concordance if anybody has it if you have a strong concordance around you um if you do um Look up that word Asher. I'm going to continue on. If you find it, call out and let us know because it is worth reading. But this is a research organization. This is a school, not a church. 
So I'm encouraging you to take the time to look it up yourself. Because that Asher, Yahweh describes in the scriptures that the things that he's done in history is recorded in something called the book of Jasher. It's described in your Bible. And nobody knows what this book of Jasher is, but I want you to go to the Moses chart. I'm talking about nobody in the world knows what it is. Go to the Moses chart for a minute. And the book of Jasher is described as the book of the upright. Now I want you to zoom in on that Eloistic figure at the top of that chart that Moses' panoramic vision of Elohim, get as close as you can. And you will see that in front of Elohim is a book that's open. Now, Elohim did not have a figure, a literal book in heaven that he was showing Moses. That is a depiction on the chart to show you that there is a chronicle or there is a record. There is you understand, a book of life or a book of the upright, which Elohim is. Moses saw his own name written in that book. It was in a literal book. He saw himself, his name written in Elohim. These are those that are written he is the source of life, as that description, Aya Asha Aya, describes. I will be what I will to be, the one who is. He has the power of transmutation to appear or take on any form that he wills. That word Asher is related to that book of Jasher. There is no J in the Hebrew language. So the book is actually Yasher. But here you have, thank you for the straws exhaust of concordance. This, this Asher, it says it's a primitive relative pronoun of every, now, now, if you talk about this Yahweh, who is pure spirit, in whom we live, move, and have our being, who is the ultimate substance source of everything. And I want to reiterate, I am talking about how the name of Yahweh and this genuine understanding depicts Yahweh's nature. Mm -hmm. So this is why we don't have no suitable substitute. Lord, listen, Lord. Lord is a single male title of nobility. God is likewise a singular title, masculine title. It does not, neither one of them hold a candle to the reality of what the name Yahweh actually expresses. And that phrase that he gave Moses, ayah, Asher, ayah. Now look at this word Asher, a primitive relative pronoun 
of every gender. <laughs> It ain't male, female. It's both. How many genders are there? Okay. And number. And it means. And we're going to insert these different descriptions into that phrase, Aya, Asher, Aya. Aya means I will be Asher that we have on the chart. What? Who? I y'all again. I will to be. Now Asher means I will be who I will to be. I will be which I will oh, to be. I will be that I will to be. Also, I will be when I will to be. I will be where I will to be. <laughs> I will be how I will to be. That's right. I will be because I will to be. <laughs> Do you see this? Yes. I will be after, I will be alike, I will be every, you understand? I will be if, I will be through, I will be until, mm. I will be whatsoever. <laughs> you can, That's, you right. That's right. No, no, God don't touch that. Mm -mm. And that expression that Moses was given, he wrote later on, Yahweh, he will kill and he will make a lie. That's right. He does all these things. Now that power that he has and had and will have forever crystallized into a form that could be seen and talked to in visions and revelations. But not only that, crystallized even further into a physical form that we can handle, sit and eat dinner with, talk to, lay our shoulder on like John did at the supper. The youngest apostle John laid his shoulder or his head on the Messiah's breast at the supper. This is that same Yahweh manifest in physical form. And that's what Paul's talking about. It's a great mystery. Great mystery. Now, this is the other mystery of that unity of the spirit. This power, when he took off that physical form on the cross, for our sins and consume that flesh. I was, I was considering this, um, Yahweh bringing it back to my members, something that Henry Clifford Kinley went into about the principle of Yahshua being the end of the generations of the flesh. Dr. Kinley in this lecture explained that in this present kingdom age, we are not obligated are obligated to have physical offspring or children after the flesh. The commandment of be fruitful and multiply being given to Adam and Eve, the first man and first woman, that the Messiah may come through the loins of a woman in fulfillment of Yahweh's purpose. He was gonna manifest in physical form. And he prophesied of that in the scriptures. That's 
where everybody get Isaiah seven and, and something. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son. That is in fulfillment. When the Messiah came in, that fulfilled that commandment because now he's manifesting physical form to do the will of the father like he is, is, is already uh, programmed to do, we'll put it like that. And as he is doing so, he concludes that commandment. So that after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that's why you got Paul and John and them expressing, believe not every spirit. Mm -hmm. It's the spirit that you're dealing with now. The generations of the flesh have ended. So Dr. Killeen went on and said, you're not obligated to have physical children after a physical standpoint. He said, but you are obligated to bear the fruit of the spirit. That's the offspring you must have in this age going on. So this power that resurrected from the grave, it was not a physical body. He consumed it. There was a time when he was coming in a physical body, but now he's not coming in a physical body. He's coming as a quickening spirit. This same Ayah, Asher, Ayah, is now manifesting in you. This is what he prayed in John 17th chapter. Just as he said to those scribes and Pharisees, I and my father are one, he prays in John 17th chapter, Father, make them one as you and I are one. Now, Yahweh was expressing to me why this is important for you to become conscious of. In our, and, and Dr. April Lewis was trying to find this, and I believe we read it, and it was in the, um, it was under the caption of the basic scriptorial preparation, where it said that this teaching is transforming the mind. You understand? And it's, if you could get that in the Elohim book, under the basic scriptural is after, or it's just before the 14 steps. It's those two headings before the 14 steps. Yes. And he's talking about, if, do you have it, Dr. Nelson? I do. Okay, can you go ahead and read that particular- um, Can you say real quick, where was that again? Dr. Nelson, can you tell them where it's at? It's uh, the basic scriptural and scientific preparation and it's right before the first step, right? Okay, so that's you page have three paragraphs in volume page, one. Page five, volume one, yes. Okay, there you go. Uh, the first paragraph you'd like me to start reading? Yeah. It says, this divine revelation and vision pictorially illustrated and explained herein was shown to the writer by a great panoramic vision which embraces the existence of the eternal Yahweh Elohim, his universal spirit law and purpose through the dispensations and ages. Comparatively speaking, 
This is a new and revolutionary scriptural teaching which embraces the fields of cosmogony, anatomy, physiology, psychology, philosophy, philosophy, general science, and eschatology, to mention only a few. This mm -hmm. teaching is spiritually transforming the carnal mind. Now you look at that. Now I'm gonna tell you something, because I went back to find it at, on uh, the website. Uh, wiki pattern of everything has God the archetype. Because I, I recall this statement. And when I went back and read it in God the archetype, that was the original book. It said that it was spiritually transforming the mind. And mm -hmm. I recall that I thought that said carnal mind. Mm -hmm. And in this um, edition where Dr. Kinley did make corrections in the book, after God, the archetype to Elohim archetype, I do see the five minute bell. Thank you. That says the carnal mind. See, all of us came in with a carnal, completely physical perspective, as the previous speaker was talking about. But this teaching, Aya, Asher, Aya, I will be that I will to be, I will be which I will to be, I will be what, where, when. You understand? He's transforming by that spirit, taking residence in you, transforming you from the inside, transforming your carnal mind and illuminating the understanding of mankind in regard to his concept of Yahweh Elohim. Mm -hmm. So Yahweh is no longer up there in the sun, moon, and stars far from you because after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the child that you are bearing in your body is not your physical offspring, but the spiritual one that's taking on shape and form within you, taking on those characteristics and attributes of Yahweh Elohim himself. And Dr. Kinley said it like this. He said, that that's in me has got to be in you. That's right. Now that is profound. Now listen, this has absolute practical application. I made mention to you about the Al-Qaeda and the Islam. It wants world domination. Right. And I was reflecting on this this morning. Mm -hmm. That what Yahweh has always done is brought this down to a contest between the gods of the world and him. Mm -hmm. This is the same Elohim yesterday, day, forever. And I would not put it past and in fact I can say to you I fully expect it to come down to just what it is that you believe mm. so it is imperative and it, this morning Yahweh brought that to my mind and he made me realize that's why I say to you you learn all you can because you need it mm -hmm. I hope you got something out of it it was a beautiful class yes I am so glad grateful to hear the words of our brother Dr. Leverberry and peace and love and Yasha to you all our Elohim is real and he will keep you world without end hallelujah 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 that brings the conclusion to our lecture thank you Dr. Yule Dr. Leatherberry and Dr. Brazil 
and Dr. Nelson for your beautiful testimonies. We'd like to thank all of our visiting brothery and members for joining with us today and hope you did enjoy the lecture. We hold classes on Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. Once again, we thank everyone for their participation and peace in Yahshua. May we all stand in our heart and minds for doxology. Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 Amen.